Welcome back. This week, we are talking more about Alec Murdoch because there is a lot going on and some of it has background that we haven't covered yet. Before we get into that, though, I need to thank today's sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with options that fit every lifestyle, keto or protein packed, vegan and vegetarian, Mediterranean, gluten-free, no matter what your lifestyle is, my lifestyle is easy and delicious. And that has been something Green Chef has delivered every single week for my family. Get 60% off plus free shipping with code EMILYBAKER60 at greenchef.com slash EMILYBAKER60. Now we have to get into the audacity of Alec Murdoch because not only is this insurance case a little bit wild, but a judge just denied a really big request. And I can't help but have a little bit of like, yeah, what? Of a response to it. What do we call that? The schadenfraude? <laughs> it's a little, it's it's real. It is at this point. It's just happening. Oh, and um, Alec Murdoch is sending letters from prison saying that he didn't kill Maggie and Paul. So we're going to talk about that too. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm Emily D. Baker, the internet's go-to legal analyst and big fan of the cursey words. I've been a licensed attorney for over 17 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I break down the legal side of pop culture and entertainment stories we can't stop talking about. We should just get into it. Let's go. Just a quick note before we get all the way into today's episode that from the time I recorded this episode, before this episode goes live on Wednesday, there was a late filing on May 16th at 5.25 p.m. Eastern time from Alec Murdaugh that is connected to everything I talk about in today's episode. So there will be a quick addendum at the end of this episode to address that new filing. You don't want to miss it when I tell you it's wild. Oh, I did not see this coming. Let's get back into today's episode, and I'll see you at the end. Future Emily, we'll see you at the end of this episode. I'm going to say it a lot this episode because every week we start talking about this, and I'm like, do we just call this episode the audacity of Alec Murdoch? I feel like it's now a series, and we have a lot to catch up on. Yes, there's been an appeal filed in the criminal case, but then there were motions for attorney's fees with regard to the appeal, but those weren't filed in the appellate case. Those were filed in the Mallory Beach case. And there is still stuff going on in the Mallory Beach wrongful death case because Parker's, the liquor store that sold liquor, is trying to have themselves removed from that case and have Alec Murdoch bear sole responsibility. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Then there's the insurance claims where the insurance company is trying to get after Alec Murdoch for monies they paid out to him that never went to the Satterfield family. And now Alec Murdoch is trying to drag the Satterfield boys and their attorneys into that case. And we've learned that this insurance company that Alec is trying to drag the Satterfields into the lawsuit with didn't even pay the Satterfields ever, which we kind of knew because Alec stole the money, but the money, not a dime, went to the Satterfield. So is there really a reason to drag them in? And then he's sending letters declaring his innocence in the murder case from prison. And we haven't even really talked about the underlying lawsuit with the Satterfield boys as we get into all of this. So that is the wide breadth of what is going on with Alec Murdoch. Oh, 
And there's still like 104 different indictments pending because no, even though he says he's admitted to all of the financial crimes, those financial crimes are still ongoing. He has not gone in and entered pleas in them. They are still pending trial. So we have a lot going on with Alec, and I don't feel like we're going to be done with this man for a while, truly, because, well, we're going to cover the appeal because I'm actually really curious about what they put in the appeal and what the case law in their jurisdiction says. So we're going to cover the appeal. I mean, if Dick and Jim get paid, maybe, maybe if Dick and Jim don't get paid, we're not going to see them on the appeal. We'll see somebody on the appeal. And I'm not, I'm so flabbergasted about the insurance case that's going on that I'm not done. I'm waiting for the judge to just be like, no, I'm sorry for all of you wearing headphones. We're not doing that. Like, we're just not doing that. I'm waiting for the judicial smackdown to come on this one, but it's going to be a minute before we get there. So we can't stop following that. And then if his friends that are receiving communications from him from prison are going to keep releasing things to the media, it's going to keep being in the media. And if they're going to be like Alex declaring his innocence, I feel like we need to come back and say, do you remember all the other stuff that this man is doing right now? Because, oh my. So let's start with what's going on in the Mallory Beach case after a word from our show's sponsor. Thank you to our sponsor, Thrive Cosmetics, for making beauty easy. And one of the products I use to do that through all of my live streams is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara from Thrive Cosmetics. Not only does it separate and lengthen my lashes, but it's really easy to wash off with just water. My skin gets really sensitive to a lot of makeup removers. So knowing that I can get all of my mascara off so it doesn't end up on my pillow or all over my face is a huge plus for me. Thrive Cosmetics is certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and the products are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Plus, Thrive puts the cause in cosmetics with over 300 giving partners. So a part of every purchase goes to giving back to communities. You have to just try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself to see. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash lawnard. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash lawnard for 20% off your first order. Let's get back to today's episode. So as you will probably recall, the death of Mallory Beach is believed to have been caused by Paul Murdoch driving Alec Murdoch's boat under the influence and crashing into a pier pylon, which injured other young passengers of the boat and killed Mallory Beach. The lawsuits ensued with the estate of Mallory Beach against Parker's, which is Parker's um, like convenience store that sold the liquor to Paul Murdaugh, who was using Buster Murdaugh's ID at the time, suing um, Alec Murdaugh, suing Buster Murdaugh, suing Maggie Murdaugh, and others. The only ones still left in this case seem to be Parker's and Alec Murdoch. And Parker's is trying to get out of the case saying, it's not our fault that we sold alcohol to this underage minor. We were fooled by his brother's ID. That's not on us. That's on Alec Murdoch. And we're not responsible for this. The estate of Maggie Murdoch has settled out and, uh, Paul Murdaugh is not in this lawsuit any longer. His estate has settled out. Buster Murdaugh has settled out. So we're really down to 
Parkers, and Ellick. During that case, a receivership was set up to hold on to funds that Alec Murdoch still had. Some of them were going to be used for legal fees. Some of them were being held so that the um, money wouldn't get dispersed when all of the financial stuff in Alec Murdoch's world started collapsing after this civil suit and after it came to light how much was going on and the roadside incident. This case is involving attorney Tinsley, who you saw in the murder trial, who has just been doggedly pursuing this and said, look, the discovery that was coming up in this civil case is part of what unwound Alec Murdoch, that he was having to turn over financials. He was on the cusp of being discovered. It's part of why the prosecutors alleged that the homicides happened of Maggie and Paul. So all of this kind of unraveled that is what the argument was. So in the course of that, a receivership was set up. Because the receivership is holding 401k money, we are seeing um, Alec Murdoch asking the court to allow him access to those funds to pay Poot and Jim. And we're going to look at that again. I did a full episode breaking this down, but I wanted to look at not just the filing by Alec Murdoch's attorneys, but also at the response from the receivers, which I have not covered yet and I thought would be helpful to look at before we get to the judge's ruling. So in this, as you will recall, Dick and Jim are asking for $160,000 from the receiver's escrow account to pay attorney's fees and costs to appeal the recent convictions. The court previously entered an order permitting Murdoch to liquidate his 401k retirement account with $600,000 of the funds to be used for the cost of defending the murders and related charges. The balance of funds from the liquidation of the retirement account, $424,000. So they liquidated the retirement account. $600,000 was set aside for the defense of the murder case. There was a remaining $424,000 plus. So what, over a million dollars in his 401k? Um, now they are asking for more than the 600000 to pay attorney's fees. They say that the funds received from Murdoch's retirement account in the defense of the murders, um, they paid $518,000 plus in defense costs. Trial counsel only received attorney's fees in the amount of $81,000 plus. They are now asking for more because they need more for attorney's fees. They say a conservative estimate of the total attorney's fees incurred is $700,000. So they got $600,000. They are saying they need conservatively another $700,000 to make the attorneys whole for attorney's fees. But they spent $500,000 in costs. Some of those costs are going to be the $20,000 a week rental that they lived in during the six-week trial. Some of those costs are going to be their experts that they paid for. Some of those costs are going to be, um, you know, transcripts and depositions if they did any of those sorts of things. So those are all costs. On top of those costs, you get attorney's fees. And they said they only got 81000 Well, that's all that was left over after their cost. 
they're kind of in charge of their costs. I mean, maybe their client was like, this is the expert I want. This is the amount they're paying. But could they have stayed at a less expensive property? I don't know how big the defense team was, if it would work out to be about the same if they got them all hotel rooms or not. I'm not sure. But they are asking for more than $160,000 in addition to pay for fees for the appeal. So they're saying that the attorney's fees for trial are over $700,000 that they didn't get paid, and they need another $160,000 for the appeal. I think they're aware that they're not going to get all of it. And then this is the motion where they argued, but if Alec Murdaugh doesn't get this money for attorney's fees, he's going to be thrust upon the public defender system for his appeal. And since he has this money just sitting there in receivership, you should allow him to access those funds. They call them untainted funds. Allow him to access those funds so that he doesn't have to burden the public defender's office with the cost of his appeal. So the receivers had a thing or two to say about it, as did other attorneys involved in these cases. Because again, Alec Murdoch has other options. It's not as if this money doesn't come out of his 401k and no one can pay for his defense. Could family members pay for his defense? Yes, they could choose to. They could also choose not to. There is an argument that this money from the 401k is not quote unquote untainted funds. Like how could you really trace it to clean money that wasn't stolen from clients if he's socking away a million dollars plus in his 401k because his living expenses are all being paid by illegally gotten gains. Yeah, you have a lot. If you could put your entire, who gets to put 100% of their paycheck? And this is me just speculating, but who gets to put 100% of their paycheck into a 401k, right? So him saying, hey, this all came from my paycheck at PMPED and went into a 401k. Well, is that because you were using other money to live off of? And then is it really untainted? Is it really clear from the monies that were stolen? Or do you only have that much money in your 401k because of the monies that were stolen, right? So that's the, the thought process there. So let's take a look at what the co-receivers had to say about this motion for attorney's fees. This response was filed on May 2nd, 2023, and goes through Alec Murdaugh's request for $160,000 from the receiver's escrow account to pay for attorney's fees for the cost of appeal um, of his recent sentence. Here is their background. On October 13th, 2022, Murdaugh filed a motion seeking to access the funds in his 401k accounts to pay for attorney's fees and costs for his defense against murder charges pending against him at the time. Subsequently, the co-receivers and Murdaugh, by and through his attorneys, negotiated an agreement to resolve the October fee motion, whereby Murdaugh liquidated his 401k accounts and retained $600,000 for the sole purpose of funding his criminal defense. And it can be easily anticipated, this is me saying, this can be easily anticipated. These are not new attorneys. They know what this defense is going to entail, and they know that if he loses, an appeal is going to happen. So these are not unforeseen circumstances. The length of trial did get a little far in a field, but I even think then they knew about the financial crimes by the time he was charged with murder. Jim Griffin and Dick Harpulian are not unfamiliar with prosecution. Harpulian was a prosecutor for quite a number of years. It's not hard to foresee what the prosecutors are going to try to do in this case. Like they're going to try to bring in everything. That's not a stretch to know that they're going to do. So this motion says, look, they negotiated 
that fee agreement with the co-receivers to get the 600000 In return, Murdaugh agreed that the remainder of the funds in the 401k net of fees and taxes would be provided to the co-receivers for deposit and credit to the receivership estate. So this was a negotiated agreement. He said, hey, give me 600000 for my defense and I will let you keep the rest. This is so he didn't stay in court fighting over the million dollars, whatever, in his 401k. So they agreed. He negotiated for it. So shouldn't everyone get the benefit of that negotiation? Further, Murdoch agreed that to the extent that any of the 600000 retained by him for the 401k withdrawal remained after the conclusion of his criminal trial and appeal, such remainder would also be provided to the co-receivers for deposit and credit to the receivership estate. The court expressly relied on Murdoch's representations and his agreement with the co-receivers. I didn't realize he had agreed to it. This is why I like looking at the responses. So the court entered an order on November 3rd, 2022, approving the agreement reached by the parties. This was negotiated. On March 2nd, Murdoch was convicted of murdering his wife and his son, now apparently regretting the agreement he made a mere five months ago. Ooh, the receivers are like, here's some spice for you today. Now apparently regretting the agreement he made a mere five months ago, and contrary to the representations made to the co-receivers and the court, Murdoch now requests that this court claw back $160,000 deposited and credited to the receivership estate and prospectively fund the appeal of his two murder convictions. Murdoch's request should be denied because one, Murdoch has no constitutional right to a release of funds held by the co-receivers. Two, assuming arguendo, God, I love the word arguendo. He has a constitutional right in this regard. Murdoch waives such right. Three, judicial estoppel applies as Murdoch's request for 401k funds already deposited into the receivership estate violates the terms of this court's order. So you are stopped from arguing this. You don't have a right to it. You agreed. Regret is not the thing here. They then argue that Murdoch does not have a constitutional right to the funds. I mean, they could have kept these funds tied up in litigation forever and not released any of it for his criminal defense. Murdoch waived any right to the funds at issue, assuming arguendo, meaning for the sake of argument. Assuming arguendo, Murdoch has a right to um, appellate counsel of his choice, which he doesn't. They say that the funds withdrawn are now part of the receivership, and he has unequivocally waived any rights that he may have by his agreement. As reflected in the co-receiver's consent response to Murdoch's original motion, for relief to liquidate the 401k accounts attached to his Exhibit A, Murdoch expressly agreed that he would retain only $600,000, only, right? Only $600,000 for the sole purpose of funding his criminal defense. Further, quote, to the extent any of the 600000 remains after the conclusion of any criminal trial and appeal thereof, they shall be provided to the co-receiver for deposit. So he anticipated that the 600000 would cover both the criminal trial and the appeal. So the fact that either he or his lawyers did not budget appropriately, the receivers are saying, is not their fucking problem. Go talk to somebody else. Because the money for the receivers is meant to go to victims, not Alec Murdoch's attorneys. 
Dick and Jim had to know when the money was running out that this wasn't going to work. They had to know this wasn't going to work. If I had kept reading, they would have just made the same argument that I just made with less F-bombs. The plain meaning of this provision is clear. Murdaugh and his counsel knowingly agreed to $600,000 to pay for all legal costs and expenses of the defense of his criminal prosecution, including for an appeal thereof. This agreement was made just weeks prior to his murder trial and was negotiated by Murdaugh's lawyers who represented him at the murder trial. Certainly, both Murdaugh and his lawyers had sufficient awareness of the consequences of setting the amount Murdaugh retained from his 401k liquidation at $600,000 and agreeing to transfer the remaining funds. Accordingly, Murdaugh waived any and all rights to the remainder of the funds, $424,000, and any right to use such funds for further legal costs. So that is the overview, really, of the argument made by the receivers. They also put in their original response which for our purposes, we are not going to go over today because I am going to just pull up the court's order and answer for you what did the court decide to do. The court ruled on May 12th, 2023, and shocking, y'all, I am shooketh. The court just denied the, uh, the motion, and this is what the court wrote. After careful consideration, defendant Richard Alexander Murdoch's motion for payment of attorney's fees and costs from untainted funds is denied. That's it. It is just an order of the court. That is all the court had to say. There is no extensive ruling. There is no lengthy order. This did go to oral argument. Attorneys were able to go and argue to the court. This is why he should not be put in line or his lawyer should not be put in line in front of the victims. He should not be allowed to claw back money out of the receivership. He should be bound by his agreement. His attorneys knew what the agreement was. They could apportion the money. The fact that they did not budget and they still got paid $81,000 on attorney's fees, if they agree to still do the appeal, then they have to. Or they need to go talk to, I don't know, Buster and John Marvin and his other brother, Randy. They need to go talk to the rest of his family and be like, hey, so Randy, um, if you want us to represent your brother on appeal, then we're going to need you to pay for that. Or he has the choice to have a public defender represent him on appeal. He can absolutely do that, or he can apply to do that. So Alec Murdoch is not going to be left without an attorney, or he could write his own appeal. I mean, at the end of the day, oh no, he really can't. Well, he can represent himself proper. <laughs> he can't represent himself as an attorney. He doesn't have a law license. Um, wait, if he represented himself proper, would that be practicing law without a license? No, I don't think it would. He wouldn't put his bar number on it. But wouldn't that be funny? Could you see the state's attorney general being like, ha you have filed your appeal pro per. We're going to bring practicing law without a license charges against you. Um, I could see them having a conversation about it, though I don't think they could. But anyway, me going far afield. I think there are lots of options left here. I don't think taking the money from the receiver is the last option. I think it's the option they would prefer, right? Why take the money out of the pockets of any of the Murdoch's family? They rather continue, continue taking the money out of the pockets of those that have been harmed, or at least that's my opinion. You let me know what it seems like to you. Speaking of taking money out of the pockets of others, we're going to talk about the Satterfields after this sponsor. Sometimes it's hard to deal with the adulting things in life that can be a bit uncomfortable, and life insurance is one of those conversations that doesn't 
have to be uncomfortable. Today's sponsor, Policy Genius, was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few quick clicks. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $25 per month for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. This is one of the things you want to make sure you have taken care of for your loved ones because they deserve a safety net and you deserve an easy way to buy it. Policy Genius works for you and not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one company over another. You can trust their guidance and there are no added fees. Plus, they make sure that your private details stay private. It's no wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. So make sure that you head to policygenius.com slash Lawnard or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com slash Lawnard. Let's get back to today's show. I'm going to try to condense what's going on in the Satterfield insurance case in case you haven't followed it across, you know, multiple live streams. I also do this on the Quick Bits podcast. Yes, Emily, there's a second podcast. I know I'm extra, but yes, there is a second podcast that is, you know, eight to 10 minutes long that comes out on Mondays to help you get just the main points of what I'm covering when I'm covering cases like this and covering them live stream after live stream. Sometimes you don't need every single detail. You just want the quick bits. So I'm trying to bring a, is today an extended quick bits episode? No, it's an Emily show episode, but I'm trying to condense that. If you want full coverage of all of these motions, I've been going over them on my live streams and those are all timestamped when I talk about this particular topic. But with regard to the Satterfield boys, I wanted to give kind of an overview of what happened originally and why this is now playing out in a completely separate civil case. Yeah. So there's two civil cases. First, the Satterfield boys sued in 2021, Alec Murdoch and others. So Alec Murdoch, Corey Fleming, um, Palmetto State Bank and others saying, basically, we need an accounting and also what is going on. Like, they alleged civil conspiracy, conversion, taking funds that should have gone to the Satterfield uh, boys and then went to others. And for an accounting being like, where did this money go? This is before it was known that Alec Murdoch used Corey Fleming and others to get his insurance to pay out on Gloria Satterfield falling, uh, which led to her death on their property. And then taking those funds, over $3 million for himself. The Satterfield boys not knowing about the settlement and never getting a penny of it. So they sued in 2021. They amended that complaint, adding Bank of America with, again, asking for accounting, civil conspiracy. This is when they added legal malpractice claims, breach of fiduciary duty claims. This is when they discovered and we're talking about fake forge and the fact that B of A allowed this fake forge account to happen and allowed the monies to be converted through their bank. What we know from the Satterfield boys attorney, Eric Bland, is that the boys have received over $7 million in payouts from not Alec Murdoch, but from Bank of America, Palmetto State Bank, the Corey Fleming's former law firm and others. So they've settled this case out with almost everyone involved and have received payment from them. 
Alec Murdoch signed a confession of judgment in this case back on May 31st, 2022. And in that confession of judgment, which I did cover on the live stream, he went through and said, yes, this money is owed to the Satterfields. And that confession of judgment was for over $4 million, meaning the Satterfields have a judgment against him and can go after that four plus million dollar judgment to end their claims against Alec Murdoch. So from the Satterfield boys um, having their case settled by Alec Murdoch, who wasn't even their attorney, Corey Fleming was, not telling them about the settlement and then stealing the settlement funds, they have now received over $7 million in hand and over $4 million in that confession of judgment from Alec Murdoch that they can still try to claim from him. Trying to perfect that judgment and get money from Alec Murdoch is going to be quite difficult, but it's there. So when Alec is trying to grab money from the receivers, it's again going in front of the line from Mallory Beach's family, trying to get in front of the line from the Satterfield family. They're owed over $4 million. There's $400,000 left in the receivership. And there's Mallory Beach's family. And there's Nautilus Insurance. Nautilus Insurance is one of the insurance companies involved where Alec told them, look, this slip and fall is my fault. Um, Gloria Satterfield was tripped by my dogs. So you need to pay this out. He bullied his insurance company are the words essentially that they used in their filing that he berated um, insurance adjusters and the insurance adjusters uh, investigated this. And he basically said, look, if this goes to trial and you try to defend against the claims, I'm going to go up there and say this is all my fault in front of a jury. And it's going to be way worse for you because the jury is going to be like, well, if he's saying it's their fault and the insurance company's paying here to Ching, here's the big judgment. So Alec Murdoch was telling his insurance company, basically, you have to settle this case and ended up with them settling the case for over three million dollars and it getting signed off without the Satterfield boys ever knowing. So Alec took that money and now the insurance company is suing Alec Murdoch for the $3.3 million that he stole from them. They're saying they were defrauded. And I covered their entire lawsuit against him. But where this came up again was in the answer to that lawsuit. Separate from the Satterfield boys civil lawsuit, in the insurance lawsuit is where we're seeing Alec Murdoch say, no, no, I lied about the dogs tripping Gloria Satterfield. Nautilus Insurance never should have paid out this claim. Even though Nautilus is saying they only paid out the claim due to Alec Murdoch's fraud. So Alec is saying, I lied, which is insurance fraud. I lied to make them pay out when I stole the money. They never should have paid out. And if you really want to resolve this case, the people that you need to look at are the Satterfield boys and their attorneys, Eric Bland, Ronnie Richter, and their law firm, Bland Richter. So go after the attorneys and the surviving sons of Gloria Satterfield. Bring them into this lawsuit. So this is why there's so much conversation around, did Alec Murdoch lie then or lie now? Like, did you lie then or did you lie now? And where is anyone to believe him anyway? Because it's been well proven, I think, that he's a liar and that he will lie to get himself out of situations. And the situation he's trying to get himself out of right now is having another $3 million 
judgment against him and having an insurance company with the time and the money to try to chase down all that funds. Because I guarantee you, Nautilus is going to put some energy behind finding where that money is, right? If I trust anyone to track down money, first, it would be the IRS. Second, it would be the state tax agencies. By the way, the IRS has not come for Alec Murdoch yet. I'm sure we'll see that at some point. But the state of South Carolina has come for him for their taxes. The IRS is going to try to get theirs too. So not only is he going to have tax liabilities, he's going to have victim liabilities, but the insurance company wants their $3 million back. Are they going to get it? Probably not. But they're trying to get a judgment for it, probably so they can write it off of their books um, in a way that's more beneficial for them. But do they have the resources to try to find where that money might be? Yep. Would I like to see them try to do that? Yeah. Tell us where the money is. Where's all the money, Alec? Tens and tens of millions of dollars stolen and there's not a whiff of it anywhere. Where did it go? So that is where he is bringing in this abhorrent answer that has caused so much stir because he's saying in legal filings that he did in fact commit insurance fraud. He doesn't have insurance fraud claims against him yet. I don't think he gives a shit. He's got over 104 outstanding indictments for all manner of financial crimes. What's another one? So in case you have not been following along, I'm gonna let you join me in the rage of what he said in this answer. So this is coming from his answer. And so you will see it saying, you know, he's answering this paragraph of the complaint for a full breakdown of both. Again, uh, CEG, my live stream. Defendant admits the allegations in paragraphs 17A and 17B. No dogs were involved in the fall of Gloria Satterfield on February 2nd, 2018. After Ms. Satterfield's death, defendant invented Ms. Satterfield's purported statement that the dogs caused her fall to force his insurers to make a settlement payment. And he stated that she was not on the property to perform work. Defendant admits the allegations in paragraph 17C, except that defendant denies the existence of any conspiracy to improperly cause Nautilus to pay a fraudulent claim. No, no, he acted all on his own. He then says for a second defense to the case against his insurer, the plaintiff has failed, plaintiff insurer, has failed to join the necessary parties under the rules of federal civil procedure, specifically Eric Bland, Ronnie Richter, Bland Richter, Tony Satterfield individually and in his capacity as the personal representative of the estate of Gloria Satterfield and Brian Harriet, which is Gloria Satterfield's other son. On information and belief, none of Eric Bland, Ronnie Richter, Bland Richter, Tony Satterfield, or Brian Harriet are citizens of Arizona, so their joinder would not be would not deprive the court of subject matter jurisdiction. They then go on to say that all of those individuals have recovered over $7.5 million by means of an action in South Carolina Court of Common Pleas for Hampton County based on allegations that defendant converted a payment from Nautilus and a smaller payment from Lloyds of London that should have been paid to the Satterfield estate. Since the last time I covered this, here is what we have learned from the statements from Eric Bland and his law firm during their press conference is that the 7.5 has all been paid out from the others involved in participating in this. So Bank of America paid because they breached their fiduciary duty or to settle 
the lawsuit without having to answer the question, how do you go to trial on this? If you watched the murder case, you saw Tony Satterfield testify. If this goes to trial, a jury's going to sit there and be like, hey, Bank of America, fuck you. How did you let this happen through this fake forge account? Hey, Palmetto State Bank, also fuck you. How did you let this happen? Hey, Corey Fleming, glad you're disbarred, my guy, but also fuck you. Hey, the law firm that allowed this to happen, fuck you too. You can't take this to trial. So they all settled for $7.5 million, but none of that money came from Nautilus and because Alec Murdoch never paid them. He signed a settlement of judgment for $4.3 million, but hasn't paid it. Alec Murdoch took the money from Nautilus and God knows where it went. Maybe his lawyers know where it went. But then his lawyers are sitting here saying, they got $7 million, bring it in. Alec is the one who has the $3 million from his insurance company, not Tony Satterfield and his lawyers, because that money is about the fraud, about the breach of fiduciary duty, about what happened, not about the fact that Alec Murdoch stole the money from Nautilus. Alec Murdoch is saying, no, 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 no. This whole thing is because you're saying I took the money from Nautilus, so Nautilus should bring you into it. This all outrages me. None of the money from Nautilus ever went to Gloria Satterfield's sons or their attorneys. That's clear. But shouldn't Alec's lawyers know this? I think the judge is going to see through it. I can't wait to see what Nautilus has to say about it. But I think the judge will see through this and be like, we're not bringing them in. We're not, they're not necessary parties to this case. But their argument remains, if Nautilus never should have made any payment to the Satterfield estate and only attempted to do so because it was the victim of fraud, then the parties in possession of a recovery of the money allegedly stolen from Nautilus are necessary parties. They have to know that that's not true. The lawyers have to know that that's not true. They have to know that none of the money from Nautilus has gone to those parties. Those parties didn't pay the Nautilus money. Alec Murdoch is the one who has the Nautilus money, and he's in this case. And they're arguing that the court cannot accord complete relief among the existing parties in their absence. Alec Murdoch's attorneys are arguing that there can be no resolution of the lawsuit between his insurance company and him for his insurance fraud without Gloria Satterfield's sons and their lawyers. And if the court does try to bring in Gloria Satterfield's sons and lawyers, all ever-loving shit is going to hit the fan. And we are going to see, I think, allegations of abusive process, motions for sanctions, and a whole lot of yelling. Because it's, well, preposterous. The literal audacity. The, it, the fact that the attorneys thought that this was a good, not only in this motion, the, the rage that I feel, not only in this motion did they argue that Alec Murdoch lied to the insurance company about the way that Gloria Satterfield died. Not only 
is that now back in question? So what happened then? But it's also trying to claw back money from Gloria Satterfield's sons who have been put through more than anyone should have to be put through by the attorney that they trusted after their mother died on his estate, but is trying to claw back millions from them so that he doesn't have to pay his insurance company the $3.3 million that he stole. It's astonishing. It's disgusting. It's inhuman. Yes, I'm looking forward to Vanderpump Rules this, this week. I, I really, truly am. It's demented. It's disgusting. It's inhuman. Um, to take the words of Ariana from next week's Vanderpump Rules. But it's, I'm just absolutely flabbergasted after learning that none of the money has gone, none of the money from Nautilus has gone to the Satterfields. So Alec is trying to get his insurance paid out by money that was paid to the Satterfield boys by B of A, by Palmetto State Bank, by Corey Fleming, by Corey Fleming's former law firm, by all the other people that were involved in this with Alec Murdoch. Staggering. And on the have you no shame part of this conversation, um, he's also professing his innocence from prison. So let's talk about that real quick. In this exclusive from TheMessenger.com, Alec Murdoch writes letters from jail insisting he did not kill wife and son. Alec Murdoch is a quote-unquote broken man, they say, who has been writing letters to friends and family from his cell in a South Carolina prison, allegedly apologizing for certain financial misdeeds, but insisting he did not kill his wife and son. How can you... Why is the media saying allegedly apologizing did you not ask to see the letters before this went to print? Because everyone else is reporting on this. All of the headlines I've seen are just other outlets reporting on what this outlet said. So if you're saying he's allegedly apologizing, didn't you see the letter? Anyway, that's my caveat in all of this. A recipient of one of the letters tells the messenger that Murdoch 54 admits to certain financial wrongdoings, then plead and save your taxpayers of the fine state of South Carolina the money of having to try you 104 more times. But still claims he had nothing to do with the fatal shootings of his wife, Maggie Murdoch, and their 22-year-old son, Paul, in 2021. Quote, he is a broken man, says Murdoch friend Chuck Arnold. Quote, he's trying to make amends for the financial crimes he admits that he committed, but he insists he did not kill Maggie and Paul. So that is what the friend told the messenger outlet. But what have they not seen the letter? Look, at this point, I don't believe anything that Alec Murdoch says, even the letters. And I just wonder if Alec is working those close to him so that they'll keep putting money on his books. Truly, that's what I think. It goes on to say, but not everyone believes that Murdoch is contrite. Quote, he caused us all untold distress, says one of the law partners at the firm where Mur Murdoch once worked. Who, which one? Because a number of them testified at trial and we know how they feel. So why aren't you naming them? 
quote, he stole money from our clients and he stole money from the firm. The former colleague continues, this is a family law firm and he took money from people who loved him and who he professed to love. It's a betrayal that I don't think I can ever get over. Murdoch's attorneys did not return the messenger's calls for comment. Shocked. But also, if you're quoting from a letter, maybe see the letter and quote it directly. But if you're quoting somebody who read the letter and is telling you, how did they even know this letter was being sent to his friend? Or is Alec Murdoch jealous that Liz Holmes is getting a full redemption arc in the New York Times and he hasn't gotten his yet? Maybe that's what's happening. I am stunned that they're still running PR saying, Alec is still denying this. Alec is still denying this. Who's got the friends receiving these letters calling the media and why? But it's getting reported everywhere. So that's why we're talking about it briefly. He is still saying in letters to friends, admitting some of the wrong, but not admitting all of the wrong. He also has appeals pending. I don't expect that he's going to write a letter to his friends saying, you know, yep, this is how I did it. But, or I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have. I don't expect him to do that. I truly don't. But I also don't know why it's being covered. What I haven't seen enough headlines on is the fact that Alec is trying to get his insurance fraud paid for by some of his victims, the Satterfield boys. I haven't seen nearly enough headlines on that. And that's why I talked about it for most of this episode today. Hopefully you are um, as outraged as I am. And well, no, I'm not trying to enrage you. I'm not. I just, I, I need I need friends to, to, to be with me in this. Like, I feel like we're all here together. We watched this trial. We saw this man testify. And now we're sitting here with him trying to turn this background on people that he's already harmed so much. And it's despicable. And that's not being covered enough. Like the weight of exactly what he's trying to do here is, is so heavy to me. And it's so dark. And it this case is not going to be one we're done with soon. Why? Well, the appeal is still pending and we're going to cover that. And two, there's 104 more financial crimes that while he seems to be admitting them in letters to his friends, he has not walked into court and said, Your Honor, I plead to all the rest of them. I'm going to appeal. I'm going to appeal the murder. I didn't do that, but I will plead to all these financial crimes, the tax fraud and the rest of it. I don't think he's going to do that. Do you? I want to know what you think about this episode. Let me know what you think about all this behavior. We're going to be covering this more. Um, we're going to need to go back to Idaho, and that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about on the live streams this week. Before we finish this episode, we have to touch on this new filing from May 16th, late in the day. Alec Murdaugh's attorneys filed this in the Satterfield case where Tony Satterfield and his brother sued Alec Murdaugh and others. The case where Alec Murdaugh signed confession of judgment. And he is now asking the court for relief from that confession of judgment. Emily, what does that mean? He's asking the court to vacate the confession of judgment. 
asking the court to remove and throw out his confession of judgment in the Satterfield case. Right? I'm going to be covering this motion in depth on Thursday's live stream, but let me just give you a taste of what is in this motion. Mr. Murdoch confessed judgment to plaintiffs on May 31st, 2022. Defendant now moves to vacate that confessed judgment under Rule 60B3 of the South Carolina Rules of Civil Procedure because of, quote unquote, other misconduct by plaintiff's counsel, plaintiff's counsel being Eric Bland, quote unquote, other misconduct by plaintiff's counsel in respect to this matter and Rule 60B4 because the confession is void under South Carolina law. As discussed in more detail below and for further and additional reasons that will be presented at a hearing on this motion, the judgment should be vacated because it fails to comport with the requirements of South Carolina law because it was based on inaccurate facts and because the judgment does not serve and was not obtained for any legitimate purpose. Mr. Murdoch makes this motion to correct these errors and set the record straight about the events underlying this action. Mr. Murdoch's attorneys go on to say that Gloria Satterfield, quote, fainted and fell. They are doubling down on Alec Murdoch lying about Satterfield being tripped by the dogs. And they go after Eric Bland and Eric Bland's conduct, alleging that some of his extrajudicial statements about this case are improper and therefore this confession of judgment should be vacated. It is absolutely staggering. I know that Bland Richter has issued a press release about this. I am going to cover that on Thursday, but this is far from done. Alec Murdoch's team has gone full press in trying to unwind the judgment that he owns to Tony Satterfield and Brian Harriet, Gloria Satterfield's surviving sons, trying to undo that four-plus-million-dollar judgment, though Alec Murdoch was happy to use that judgment to his advantage in his murder trial, saying that he had admitted to the things he had done wrong, like in this case in the financial crimes. This filing has a very thorough timeline, and then things get... Vague. May 31st, 2022, the confession of judgment is filed. July 14th, 2022, Murdoch is indicted for the murder of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. January 13th, 2023, the federal court stays the Nautilus action pending completion of the murder trial. January 23rd, 2023, the murder trial begins. Quote, at some point during the trial, it becomes apparent to counsel that Mr. Murdoch, in fact, invented the story about the dog's causing Satterfield's fall. So what, he didn't even tell his lawyers? They discovered it? What? March 2nd, 2023, Murdoch's convicted of murdering his wife and son. March 3rd, 2023, he is sentenced to two consecutive life sentences. May 1st, Murdoch files an answer in the Nautilus action. In his answer, he admits 
that he had invented the story about the dogs knocking Miss Satterfield down the stairs at Moselle for the purpose of causing Lloyds of London and Nautilus Insurance to pay to settle a false insurance claim and that he stole the settlement proceeds by persuading others to disperse funds as checks payable to fake forge in the in the in the filing they say to quote unquote forge meaning forge consulting which he then caused to be deposited into his personal account named forge fake forge which he controlled he denies that any other person was aware of his intent to steal all the settlement proceeds or that he invented the story about the dogs knocking satterfield down the stairs at moselle he asserts an affirmative defense that nautilus has failed to join plaintiffs who are necessary so again trying to pull not only the Satterfield boys into the Nautilus case, but also Eric Bland and his law partner, Ronnie Richter. We have so much to talk about. If you've never joined me on a live stream, Thursday's the day. I will see you there. Let's get back to me saying goodbye. So Emily from the past, take it away. I can't believe this is happening this evening. I am stunned. Thank you for being here with me for another episode of The Emily Show. Thank you for keeping it a top podcast. I appreciate you, all of you that watch it on YouTube, all of you that listen to it in the audio app. And as always, to stay in the loop with everything, lawnardsunite.com. If you want to be the first to know about all that's new, that's where you want to be. We have a lot coming out for you. So with that, I hope your your May showers are, are delightful. We've had lovely rain here and everything's so green. I mean, my hair looks horrible, but everything is so green. We love the green. May your Wi-Fi be powerful. No, I've started wrong. Always. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your families be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a law nerd. I will see you in the next one. You can find more law nerd goodness in our private law nerd community over at lawnerdsunite.com. And if you want to stay up to date with everything I'm covering, you can follow me on social media at The Emily D. Baker. I stream on YouTube on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I recap those streams for those of you a little pressed for time over on the Quick Bits podcast and Quick Bits YouTube channel. Thanks for being a law nerd.